Pope Francis's Laudato Si' Encyclical Letter is really a beautiful document. It's about 200 pages long, and it really calls on people to of, of goodwill, um, all people of goodwill, as Pope Francis says. So not just Catholics, but but anyone. This is a podcast called Walk, Talk, Listen. An attempt to connect people and make this world a bit better by sharing opinions and experiences based on the belief that everyone's perspective is true, albeit partial. My name is Maurice Bloom, and I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of Walk, Talk. Good day, everybody. This is another episode of the podcast Walk, Talk, Listen. And as always, I'm delighted with today's guest who will introduce herself. Katie, please go ahead. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am Katie Mylenbush. I serve as the Director of Development for a global nonprofit organization called Laudato Si Movement whose mission is to inspire and mobilize the Catholic community to care for our common home and achieve climate and ecological justice. And I'm super excited to share um, a wonderful project that we recently launched, which was the premiere of our documentary film called The Letter. It was done in partnership with Off the Fence Production, who is well known for their film, My Octopus Teacher. It's an Oscar BAFTA winning film. It's beautiful film an absolutely great movie <laughs> i always recommend to everybody you know to see oh. so yeah oh that's wonderful to hear yes they're they're beyond talented they're they truly are such a blessing to partner with them mm-hmm. and this this film was premiered on october 4th at the vatican and on youtube originals as well as pbs and it's uh Really, a a powerful film that brings to life Pope Francis's Laudato Si encyclical letter on caring for creation. It's a film that shines a light on the beauty of nature, the harm done by humanity, and follows the stories of four people around the world who are of other or or no faith than the Catholic faith, and represent voices of youth wildlife, indigenous, and the poor who are going to extreme lengths, some truly risking their lives to protect the environment. And that's also a movie that I have to recommend that people watch. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I, it might be uh, good to tell a little bit about, um, you know, the letter, uh, Katie, of, of, of the Pope, because that was the basis for, for the movie. And then uh, maybe quickly summarize what the movie is about. I mean, it's really uh, inspiring. I mean, despite the challenges, the big challenges that we have as a world uh, today. Pope Francis's Laudato Si Encyclical Letter is really a beautiful document. It's about 200 pages long, and it really calls on people to of, of goodwill, um, all people of goodwill, as Pope Francis says, so not just Catholics, but but anyone, to really view the environment as and caring for our home, our, 
our earth as part of their of their morals and values and to see that as as really our our obligation our it's it's necessary for all of us to care deeply about the planet and what i love about the encyclical letter is it meets people on wherever they are in their ecological journey, on their their spiritual journey, on their environmental journey. So you don't need to be Catholic to appreciate it. You don't need to be a climate activist to appreciate it. It really meets people where they are. And and I love that. It, it also, as you'll see, not only in, of course, in Pope Francis's Laudato Si encyclical letter and the letter itself, but also in the film, it's it's really meant to break down barriers that divide us. Sadly, barriers like politics um, and and focuses on the things that unite us, and um, love, harmony, value, living in in peace with creation and care for creation, and um, it you know it speaks to people at their core by by following the stories of these individuals, the representing voices of youth, wildlife, indigenous, and poor, and. There, there's something that everyone can connect on at at various levels, at a human level, a spiritual level, environmental level, and uh, the urgency. The, there's many things that people can connect on when they see the film mm-hmm. and, of course, read Pope Francis's letter. You know, you see in the film that different people are receiving the letter and are invited to meet with uh, the Pope. Um, how were these people selected? That's a great question. Many of these people, so yes, they they are they receive a letter. They're invited to meet with Pope Francis, who hears their concerns, and they're they're now united together, um, and have really you see them forming this beautiful relationship together. Uh, they are selected as they're doing really powerful work on the ground in their communities. Though I think that to to varying degrees, their their stories haven't been heard and haven't been heard um, as publicly as they need to be. So it's a really great opportunity to elevate their work um, and what they're doing. So it's um, we we selected them in, in large part to do that, and in large part uh, as they. They represent not only the the various voices, but they're they're from areas all around the world, um, with different backgrounds, different motivations and passions. Um, so it it's it really shows uh, that this is uh, the climate crisis and ecological crisis are, are are impacting all corners of the world and everyone, and and we all need to take action. And and so, if I'm not mistaken, the letter that the Pope wrote uh, was in 2015. Yes. Right. Um, and I would like to understand, and the listeners as well. So, how is your organization, Laudato Si' movement? How is that related with the Pope? You know, is it one organization? Uh, are there several organizations that collaborate? Um, and when was your organization, if it's separate, when was your organization established and what do you hope to achieve ultimately? Great question. So we were founded in 2015, um, really, and, and 
with with knowledge that this letter would be coming out on Caring for Creation, our, our wonderful founding executive director, Tomas Nsua, who is truly um, a light for the movement, a light for this work. And um, uh, he, he and others are uh, founded the organization. And at the time, we were called Global Catholic Climate Movement. And it's just been in about the last year and a half, two years, that we've changed our name to Laudato Si Movement. As Pope Francis's Laudato Si encyclical letter really serves as the backbone of all of our work. It serves as our, our guiding star for everything mm-hmm. we do. And we we work in service to the Vatican and Dicastri for promoting integral human development. Uh, meaning we are our own nonprofit organization in the U.S., though we very much say our headquarters are in Rome, and we are a global movement. We have a network in over 180 countries, which is really impressive, um, and we're focused on lifting up, empowering, and connecting people to take action for climate and ecological justice. That is core to our work. So never parachuting in, but instead really lifting up and supporting them in the most meaningful way possible. So we we collaborate on the ground with with organizations, congregations, um, and and beyond that are already doing work related to related to this issue, so that we can complement um, their work and instead of compete and really um, help to to guide the Catholic community, feel empowered and connected and mobilized to take action. And you have been part of, of the organization since 2015 or more recently? I joined the organization as their first and only development professional in 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And, and yeah, maybe that's good good to segue to, you know, where were you born and um, because maybe what you experienced during your upbringing, you know, also ultimately led you to joining this organization. So t- take us through that. Yeah, so I was born in the Chicagoland area in a suburb of Chicago. And I always felt that it was what was right and, and, and good to give back to those who need support. And it wasn't until I think I was in pursuing my undergraduate degree, that I realized that not everyone lives their life that way. Not everyone feels a real call to be in service to those that need support. And um, from there, I realized that this was something that was really important to me. And so I've been now in the nonprofit industry for 16 years, primarily in fundraising, but, but started off as a grassroots organizer on the ground for breast cancer awareness organization. And worked for for mentoring organizations and um, educational organizations and institutions. And then it wasn't until I actually had a um, a real kind of strange uh, freak accident that I tore off both of my legs. Whoa. And I decided to, to to take some time off, not only to have mm. surgeries but to heal. Mm. And and during that healing process, I really leaned on my faith. I really turned to my faith um, to help me through that difficult time. And um, I also gave a lot of thought about where I wanted to take my career and just my whole life, really. And I remember journaling and writing down 
um, environmental issues. I wrote down faith and I wrote down all these kind of buzzwords of things I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then while, while digging deeper into my faith and work around the climate crisis, I came across Laudato Si movement. I was connected to them. And then shortly uh, thereafter, I, I started working for Laudato Si movement. So wow. I very, feel very called and to hmm. be at, at Laudato Si movement and to be a part of this, this work and have it a part of my journey and vice versa. So the call for service to you know to give back is that something that you th- received from your you know your guardians the people that um, yeah your parents or or other folks that took care of you or you know did you see that from other people or how 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 did that happen was there a moment where you thought oh you know this is important and and uh, so it needs to be an important piece of my life. It's a great question. I think it came from having a um, a rough childhood and from a rough upbringing and wanting to rewrite my story and to wanting to use the hardship I experienced growing up mm. for, for good and um, to really channel that energy into something positive and what felt feels like productive. And I think we all have an opportunity to use the what life gives us for mm-hmm. for good and to learn from it. And so it really came from my desire to sort of rewrite my story mm-hmm. and um, help those in maybe a way that I needed help when I was growing up. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, May. And tell me if if it's not appropriate what I'm asking you, because I would like to understand in term, because you were saying in your legs, um, yeah, something terrible happened with it. Were you able to walk again after that, or or uh, or not? Yeah, I um, I struggled to walk mm-hmm. um, quite a bit for for uh happened in April of 2018 mm-hmm. and um I had my first surgery then and my second surgery in September and it took a long time to mm-hmm. be able to to walk um and to not have pain and mm-hmm. it's something I work at every day um even now I mean I I walk and I actually I walk an hour every day so I love the idea of okay. your podcast yeah. um and uh, but it is something I work at very hard, and so it's kind of uh, shined a light on the fragility of of life for me, mm-hmm. and uh, and been you know really has grounded me and and make in just being very grateful for what I have and knowing mm-hmm. how quickly things can change. You know it. it- you were referring to to um, the walking in in the walk talk listen uh, podcast, the name of this podcast, and and which is a spin off of a hundred mile walk that I've been doing since twenty twelve. Um, but but you know it's just the first time where where I realized not everybody, and of course, you know many there are. I know that there are many people that 
that cannot uh, walk. But we never had in a conversation about, well, you know, walking might be really a struggle. Um, I still a question about that, uh, Katie, if I may ask, because you you know that I walk 100 miles uh, in a week uh, to end, um, you know, to raise awareness and funds to end hunger, poverty and injustice. Um, so if you would be asked to walk 100 miles or, you know, yeah, to do something to push yourself uh, for a cause, for which cause would that be? Yes, that's a that's a great question. I I would choose my my organization, Laudato Si Movement. Mm -hmm. It is really an organization I'm very passionate about. It's yeah. breaking down barriers. It's serving unique space. It's providing something that really is not being offered or offer much or globally as well as locally to communities, and it's pairing together topics that often aren't talked about together, such as faith mm -hmm. and science and speaking to people at their core. That, that's great that, that, you know, you're able to, to, to work for an organization that it is really an extension of, of, uh, you know, who you are. To piggyback a little bit further on that, what drives you in life? What makes you, you know, to get out of bed in the morning? That's a that's another great question. I would say, well, the first thing that comes to mind is my three-year-old son. I do everything with mm -hmm. him in mind. Yeah. He's he's my whole world. Mm -hmm. And doing whatever I can to provide him the best life. Mm -hmm. So having his basic needs met, of course, and then also what he needs to thrive is very important to me. And it's also very important to me that that other kids, other children and families have that as well. And and sadly, there's that's not the case. We aren't mm. providing and supporting people's basic human needs. And if we are, we're we're, in, we're not generally providing in the best way possible, giving them the cleanest options. Mm. So it's something that I'm really passionate about and, and really ties to my work at Ladato Sea Movement because the climate crisis impacts all areas of our lives. And it's really, it's linked to so many of the issues that we talk about in the news and, and today throughout the world, you know, yeah. war, food scarcity, poverty, uh, natural disasters, there's disease, there's, and many more. There's a, a link and connection to all of those. And we need to talk about it more. You know, something that that almost always ha happens uh, when I walk with with other people, um, and I'm talking about physical, not about this virtual walk that you and I are doing now. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, very often we, no, always actually, we talk about faith and spirituality uh, because walking has that maybe that brings, you know, raises the question of why are we here on earth? Are you walking 20 miles? First of all, you think, why am I doing this uh, at times? And, and, uh, but then also questions about, um, yeah, why, why are we here? What do we need to do? Um, what I'm interested in, especially is religion, spirituality, and youth. Um, you know, what's happening there because, you know, there, 
there seem to be changes in the world happening, uh, at least with some of the, the youth. So my question to you is, what do you see happening among youth in your community? You know, youth and religion and spirituality. Yeah. Yeah, I think, sadly, too many people, especially youth, struggle with putting down their phones, living in the moment, removing vices from their life, and digging, digging deep into their faith and what that means to them. And then, once they've done that, living in alignment with their faith and values. I think by doing so, they'll be able to live more authentic lives, full of purpose, meaning, and most likely be very successful as however they define as they're expressing their true selves. So I, I, it's sad to see so many people um, buried in their phone on social media instead of living in the moment and living in our real world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that seems to be, um, you know, something that you worry about. Um, What what are you, what do you worry about most and where do you still see hope? So two, two um, questions. Yes. As a fairly new parent, I worry about everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I worry about the air we breathe, the water we drink, the acceleration of the climate crisis that impacts all of our lives, the toxic chemicals used in all of our food and linked to all that, the horrific greenwashing taking place that intentionally lies and confuses people. I'm really so saddened that families and children do not have their basic needs met, really have clean options, and don't really have a place to get the information they need. It's our starting place. With that said, now the whole full message, the second part of the question I I do see hope in the thousands of people who participate in Laudato Si movements, Mm. movement building work, um, who are doing work to align with their values, with with action, gain confidence, empowerment, they need to take action, and are connecting with others who are also passionate about this work. So that's... That's really seeing the action and seeing them gain that that confidence, those connections, is what really um, gives me a lot of hope. Um, a quick question still about the worry. Um, for the, just to clarification for the for the listeners, what do you mean with greenwashing that's going on? Yes, so greenwashing. There's so many ways you can look at greenwashing. So. When I, but I, in saying that earlier, there's branding, marketing, messaging that a lot of companies use to have people think that their product, for example, is clean or corporation. Maybe it's an, mm-hmm. an oil company that's saying that they are, they are doing X, Y, and Z that's going mm-hmm. to help the planet. And it's not true. It's intentionally there to lie to people, to mm. make them think that that product is clean or that their efforts are really, you know, uh, helping the planet. And and that's that's not the case. It's it's um, it's very tricky marketing and branding information that is is hurting people. It has it's 
meant to be there to confuse. And there are a few places, um, few companies, I think, generally, largely speaking, that are are truly clean and uh, haven't, you know, kind of been bought out <laughs> by some of these mega corporations to to change the, the ingredients in their products to cheaper ones, more harmful ones, and, you know, again, confuse people hmm. about what they're putting in their body. So, yeah, no, thanks for, for your uh, clarification. So what are there... Lodato C movement. Um, are you working on these issues, or, um, you know, with these companies to flag it or to try to, you know, uh, to change their uh, behavior so that they really um, are more conscious conscious about the environment, etc. Uh, so how do you, how do you work on that with with the movement, or are you not? You no. Know? Yes. Yeah, so the some of this is my personal passion shining through around mm-hmm. uh the the greenwashing that we see yeah. with 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 food and you know household supplies and such however ladato c movement is doing work um divestment work work on related issues so a little bit of my personal interest and a little bit of mm-hmm. my ladato c movement interests kind of blended together in that response <laughs> okay understood um i forgot to tell um the people that we will make sure that there is a link in the podcast notes so that you know towards the the documentary so that people can see it um because i really encourage people to check that out um i have one still last question to you about the documentary you know the pope himself is in the documentary do you meet with him on a regular basis as as uh, or or other uh, staff colleagues of your of the movement? Yes, yeah, so we are very blessed to have Pope Francis really as star of the film and for him to take this meeting with the, the characters of the film and and to send this letter to the characters of the film and to be so passionate about caring for our planet um i think as the film even talks about just even taking the name that he did and what that means um is very powerful so we in regards to meeting with him and our alignment our our founding executive director our our board of directors um global membership council and Mm -hmm. and others um are in alignment and do work um in service to Pope Francis and the Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development, where this work lives. And we, uh, I say in service because we really, we really want to make sure that we're, we're supporting their, their vision, um, while also, of course, being our, our own nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. So there, there are, um, there are lines of communication between, between the two. Um, you know, Katie, um, I, I'm myself very passionate about the fact that, um, you know, we as a world identified 17 sustainable development goals as, as kind of, you know, uh, markers of where we need to go towards to make this world better. <clears throat> now, it's clearly that you are also 
working hard on on making this world better and more sustainable um yeah so in my efforts in, in you know to having the listeners and beyond to check out the sdgs to really learn about it i always ask a question to my guests as well about the sdgs so my question to you is what do you want the listeners to know about sustainable development goals Yes, I would want listeners to know that their actions, big and small, matter. It it all adds up. Um, actions and um, issues of today, you know, as I mentioned earlier, around poverty, disease, food scarcity, war, education, equality, economy, climate, are all connected. Um, and I want people to be really mindful of that in their day to day lives and small and big actions and to live more sustainably to support the progress as it relates to the SDGs. And unfortunately, we are not making the progress towards the SDGs that we need to make in the last two years. You know, we were at a standstill if if not have gone back. Um, a growing group of people within the world is is uh, saying, you know, one of the reasons that we are not making the progress that we need to make is because we never paid proper attention to the skills, abilities, and knowledge that you need as an individual and as community. They did, uh, you know, a research a survey around this with thousands of people, and they came up with five inner development goals. It's something that you need to work on yourself as well as with your community. Um, have you ever heard about the inner development goals? Uh, and if so, any thoughts about, you know, those five goals? Yes, I've heard of them and I really appreciate their framework. You know, I think it's being, thinking, relating, collaborating, and acting. And I think it makes a lot of sense. And to be honest, it's also very similar to Ladatusi Movement's theory of change. Hmm. We focus quite a bit on empowering individuals and con- connecting them for action. Hmm. So I think there's, you know, there's a there's a lot of research too that that points to the importance of our relationship with ourselves and our internal work, as well as our relationships with others. And that that not only is really, you see time and time again, the, that that's key to happiness and fulfillment in life. But I, I really do that, that think that that's key to, to any work that we do, um, any industry. You need to first commit yourself to the work and then connect with like-minded individuals to to take action, to to make progress on the work. Right. No, I, I that's, yeah, I, I really like the way you explained it. I, I really um, encourage people to go to innerdevelopmentgoals.org to read more about it because I, I really like the framework as well. Katie, I, I always try to, you know, um, really connect my listeners with the individual, you know, the guest, and it's you in this case, um, to learn more about you. And, you know, one of the ways that I, I do that is also to ask you a question about music. Um, and if I would ask you to mention a piece of music or a song that best embodies for a big part, what you are about, which song or piece of music would that be and why? 
Yes. So I have a three-year-old son and I listen Mm -hmm. to a lot of songs geared towards (laughs) children. That's the world I live in these days. Um, Mm -hmm. And one I really love is Raffi's All I Really Need. And the lyrics that go, all I really need is a song in my heart, food in my belly, and love in my family. And then it goes on to say, and I need some clean water for drinking. I need some clean air for breathing so that I can grow up strong and take my place where I belong. Um, It goes on with similar lyrics throughout the song. And I love it as it's a beautiful reminder that at the end of the day, we need clean air, clean water, food, and a place where we can belong and feel loved. Um, And if we have those, we should count ourselves as the luckiest, most blessed people in the world. And anything else that we have in our life is a bonus on top of that. Um, It's not to say not don't have goals. Um, I'm a very goal-oriented, ambitious, and driven person, but I, I really try to ground myself in gratitude for what I have, and this song is a beautiful way of doing that. I hope it's, you know, we can find that song via Spotify, because what we have done is we made a Spotify uh, playlist of all the songs that have been selected by uh my guest not all i started i think from episode 19 or 20 or something with this particular question but it's it's really cool uh, if you haven't checked it out um yeah i encourage you to do so it's, it's really interesting all kinds of music um you know from classical to to hard rock and r&b reggae and now a children's song as well so that's that's <laughs> great um Katie, um, one of the objectives of this of this podcast is really connecting people, as I said before. And recently, I started doing that by introducing then also the question, a question of the previous guest for my next guest. So um, the question of my previous guest for you is. My question comes from a, a dear friend of mine who I actually co-wrote a book with, who used to say this casually in conversation, and I realized, wow, that is a great way of thinking ab- about your life. Mm. He used to talk about his life's question. So I would say for your next guest, what is your life's question? That is a big question. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how to answer that. I would say, though, I try to be very authentic and lived aligned with my values and wherever that takes me. And as cliche as it sounds, I hope to leave the world a better place. I don't know if I would say I'm, I have a life's question, but I feel I have a journey and this is the journey that I'm on. So I, I appreciate your answer. I also appreciate the, the question itself. So, so uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe good this question. is also a good good assignment for the listeners to think about that and, yeah. and you know, send it in to us to um, incubationlab at cwsglobal.org. It would be cool if we get some uh, live questions from our listeners. Um, you know, the... Steve Hartman of uh, CBS uh, started a program or he made a couple of videos, I think, recently uh, where he examines within 
the U.S. how one simple act of kindness can create a ripple effect. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of fascinated by by this little. I, I don't know if it's actually little. By that's not by this project that he's doing. Um, so, what are your thoughts about that? If you hear this, in terms of you know, one sim- simple act of kindness can create a ripple effect. Um, so that's the first part of the question. The second part is if you would, if I would ask you now, right now, to come up with a simple act of kindness, um, what would you do? Yes, so I think it's a a beautiful moment. You know, little little acts go a long way, and. In our work at Ladato Si Movement, we we know that the movement will not be staffed. We know that we need people on the ground who care passionately about our planet and uh, taking action. And so we we have them participate in our program so that they can then go out in their community, train others, share the information they've learned, and create a ripple effect. So I see the power of creating a ripple effect. Um, as it relates to this, I would choose an, say to choose an action that you can do in 30 seconds or less to brighten someone's day. So compliment, thank, appreciate, or do something for someone. It doesn't need to be the same action every day, but generally speaking, I'd say keep it to 30 seconds or less so that you can make sure you do it every day. And I think just even those small acts of of kindness, simple acts of kindness can can really go a long way. Great. Um, no, I, I, you know, while I was listening to you, I, I remember that um, uh, on a road trip, we were in line for, I think it was coffee or something. And, um, you know, when we had finished our order and we wanted to pay, uh, the cashier said no. Um, your order is already paid for mm-hmm. um, by the car before us. So, uh, you know, I dri- yeah. it drove away already, so I had no clue what it was. But we've really felt, yeah, it was was a bright moment, and I still uh, absolutely, yeah, it made a, a big impression. So I thought it was, you know, relatively small, mm-hmm. uh, because I, we did not order the whole store. But still, <laughs> you know, the person didn't know that before he gave that, right? You know, yeah. You or she or or they, um, yeah. Um, no, th- thanks for for sharing that. Uh, Katie, your your question for my next guest. I would say my question for the next guest would be: What do you do if you're an individual? that wants to take action on something they're passionate about but don't know the first step. I think people get stuck there. So I would love for them to share what advice they have for your listeners. A great question. And I I kind of know, not kind of know, I know who the next guest is. So this is a good question for that person. <laughs> I, I will not reveal anything more than that. Um, that's, that's great. Um, you know these these conversations go always really fast. Do any last message, invitation, question um, for the listeners? 
Yeah, I think I would just want listeners to take a moment to get quiet in their lives, go outside away from social media and listen to their mind and body. Think about what makes them feel good and full of life and purpose and remove things that don't. Um, Life is too short to not be authentic. Be your authentic self and live proud of who you are and align with that, that authentic self, align with your values. And once you do that, then, then take action. Take the action you need to be more aligned. Take the action you need to live a more purposeful, fulfilling life. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katie. Um, yeah. Is there any question that I should have asked you and it didn't? No, I think you asked really great questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope I answered them well. <laughs> no, it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, then, then I, um, I would like to thank you for the conversation today. Um, really encourage people to check out the website. Maybe you, you say one more time. Uh, the website I, I will make sure it's in the podcast notes as well but but uh, what is the website yes it ledato org, and I, I highly encourage you to check out our work I highly encourage you to reach out to us and see that the climate and ecological crisis is is urgent and needing your attention and if you haven't yet, I encourage listeners to watch the film, The Letter, mm-hmm. and to really reflect on what that means to them and how they can respond. Right. And and I, I really encourage people to to do that to do that. Um Katie, thank you so much for uh, today. Um yeah, good good luck with everything you do. Very important work. Um I'm looking forward to the next movie. Is there uh, is there any are there any plans? No plans are in works at the okay. moment, but okay. but who knows? We'll see what the Holy Spirit has in store for the Datosi movement. Great. Okay. Good, good luck and and thanks again. Thank you. With over 1,100 miles walked, Maurice is yet again training to walk 100 more. So for those of you who aren't familiar, which if you're an avid listener, I'm sure you are, the 100-mile hunger walk was started in 2012 by Maurice to raise funds and awareness to fight hunger and poverty around the world. This annual event came to be because Maurice was inspired by the spirit of volunteerism behind the CWS-sponsored Crop Hunger Walks, which are a community-organized charity event that takes place in over 500 locations across the U.S. each year. So because of this, Maurice decided to set out on his own journey and put his feet where his heart was. This year's 100-mile walk will take place from Monday, March 26th, to Saturday, April 1st, in Seattle, Washington. And on top of that, our fundraising campaign will run until the end of the summer. All the proceeds will go to support CWS's global programs that work to create a world where there is enough for all. So, how does 100-mile work? Well... Each year, Bloom walks 100 miles through CWS and crop communities and spends his time meeting with our crop volunteer teams, with beneficiaries, with local community members, political officials, students, artists, and other like-minded individuals like yourself who work to support their community and hunger and promote a healthy and nutritious lifestyle. This year's theme is centered around the inner development goals, 
The idea behind these is that we must first unlock and grow our inner capacity, skills, and abilities to fully materialize humanitarian transformation. These IDGs are guiding principles that help us achieve our goals as we work with local communities here in the U.S. as well as in the 60-plus countries that we work in to help end hunger and poverty while building healthy communities through increased nutritious lifestyles, especially for children. So what are some ways that you can get involved? Well, for those in the Seattle area, you can come out and walk with us for a mile, maybe two, or you can see how long you last. But don't worry, you can always come out and just say hi, meet with Maurice, have a chat, and then send him on his way. So on top of that, another easy way to get involved is to make a donation. Participants are also able to start their own fundraising page to continue their efforts by reaching out to their own communities to get involved as well. So to make a donation or start your own fundraising page, click the link. Well, of course, you're wondering where. Go to the podcast notes and click in the links. In other exciting news, this year, Maurice has been chosen to be an ambassador for Knox Gear. Knox Gear is a brand company who makes safety and visibility gear for people and their pets who love to walk, run, play sports, or anyone who lives an active or outdoor lifestyle. And yes, you're right. Also, this link can be found in the podcast notes. When the link is used to make any Knox Gear purchase, 10% of the total purchase will be donated back to support CWS hunger and nutrition programs. So for anybody interested in joining us, getting more involved, or simply just wanting to stay connected, you can send us an email at innovationhub at cwsglobal.org. You're right. You can find the link again in the podcast notes. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, if you haven't already, become a Walk, Talk, Listen subscriber. So let's get walking together. And don't forget to hashtag go the extra hundred mile. This episode was made possible by the support of an organization called CWS. You want to be part of a movement? Well, sign up to become a sustaining partner. As a sustaining partner, you can make a difference in the world, automatically, every month. Sustaining partners commit to a hopeful future by making compassion a part of their monthly budget. It could mean new systems to manage precious resources like water, or diversified ways of earning a living that make people more resilient. For as little as $10 a month, you can transform lives. You want to check it out? Well, go to cbsglobal.org slash sustain. Thank you for listening to Walk, Talk, Listen. Please check us out on 100mile.org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram.